Yeah, it's really a joy to see you. It's true, many of you I know now for some years. Yeah, that's really nice. When I agreed to uh, teach on this ninth chapter, uh, I had the, I, I, my thought was, okay, I, I'm going to take a week off before, <laughs> and uh, I will really study hard <laughs> in that week. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. <laughs> so I have taught this uh, Shantideva's text four or five times, and I've never taught about the ninth chapter. Also, most of the time I was using the book by Pema Shudran, and she does not teach on the ninth chapter. So I thought, okay, that's a good excuse. So I, w I, I was a bit stressed, I must say, uh, with this weekend. And that doesn't happen anymore because even if I don't have time to prepare, I can just parrot things I have said before. So there's so much. Uh, so I can always fill a weekend. <laughs> also, if I if there's a title for the weekend, it's most of the time quite flexible. So what I do uh, in that weekend is kind of up to me. But here, I mean, the verses, the text is obvious, so now I'm supposed to talk about the ninth chapter. So that's pretty clear. So I was a bit freaking out. And, <laughs> and one reason uh, is this, uh, the ninth chapter is, uh, is in, in big parts a discussion a discussion between um, Shantideva, who is the holder of the Middle Way School, the Madhyamika Prasangika School, with uh, four other philosophical schools, Buddhist philosophical schools, but also with non-Buddhist schools. And so he discusses with uh, uh, his oppon opponents of these uh, different views on reality. And sometimes it's even not clear, you know, who is who. Yeah? Like, you get confused if you just read the verses, because you might read a verse from a, uh, from a so-called realist school, and you think, oh, that's strange. I wouldn't think that Shantideva would say something like this, but it is actually the voice of the opponent. So... You need to actually, you need to have a kind of commentary, you know, to get the, to understand who is discussing what and who is holding which view. So my idea two years back when we started was, okay, if I want to teach this, I need to restudy these schools. Because um, these schools, they, they are really complex and they have a lot lot to say about different things. And I've studied them um, in detail, but uh, this is many years ago and I didn't go back to that material since then. And I thought I would 
and I, I was even, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in it. Uh, so it's not that it was just like, oh God, I have to go back to this boring stuff. Uh, because these views uh, of these uh, schools, which were alive uh, at the time of Shantideva, they, you know, you will recognize your own views in them. Yeah? So it's not like they are kind of far out there and have nothing to do with our life, but they actually describe views which some of us have. Yeah? So it's, uh, it's interesting to read these schools and then to realize, wow, I'm actually a sitamatrim, yeah? a mind only, the mind only school. Oh, wow, I'm actually a realist. I'm actually a materialist. Yeah? And, and, and so that helps you a bit uh, to identify the map you are using to navigate uh, in, in life and, and, and what your view on reality is. So, but there was no time for it. Yeah. Uh, so, but what I what I did then, and I made time for that uh, the last week, like particularly when I was traveling. Now on the train, yeah, mm -hmm. I I I by I I choose to come a very complicated r route. So I had <laughs> I, I had six hours yeah, of um, of reading. So what I did, I read this one book. Uh, which I also suggested in, in the Facebook group, in the Lamrim group. It's called Practicing Wisdom uh, by the Dalai Lama. And it has been translated and edited by Thupten Jinpa. Yeah? And uh, so this, is, uh, this, is, this book is only about the ninth chapter. His Holiness goes through, through all the verses and, and gives a commentary. And then, when I was reading that, uh, I became more, more confident that I can do this. Uh, because, obviously, in a small book like this, His Holiness also do, doesn't have time to go into the details of the schools. There's only time to, to teach the essence. So he, she's, he says, okay, the mind-only school believes this and this and this, like in three sentences. And to the, kind of the main the main view of that school, of the mind-only school. And when I was reading this, then I thought, wow, this is exactly what I would say about these schools. So then I thought, ah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not, I don't remember the details, but I, I have understood uh, what the essence of this school is in connection with, these empty, with the emptiness teachings. Yeah? So they have to say, things about everything else also, but in connection <coughs> with the emptiness teachings. So then I thought, okay, so then, then I can do it. So that was, oh, it happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday I had this, ah, oh, yeah, okay. What I would say about the mind-only school and about the other schools is not stupid. It's what His Holiness also says. So we have to, uh, we have to uh, in order to understand the text, we have to go into the schools. So you have to uh, you know, be flexible enough to become curious about these four Buddhist schools, uh, Buddhist philosophical views, plus one 
a non-Buddhist philosophical school which is called the Samkhyas. So, and uh, and then uh, we will go through the debates, or we will try to understand how Shantideva refutes this view. I think we start with a we start with the meditation, and those of you who have are part of the online course, we will follow these three the structure of the three steps. So the first is checking in, settling down, getting a sense of where you are and what you bring with you, and then the second is the mentor not mental, mentor bonding process. And I will uh, choose the Buddha, the Dalai Lama, maybe I will throw Jesus into it. But um, So what is important here is that you, for yourself, you choose a mentor um, which means something to you. So if I say Dalai Lama and you know nothing is like Dalai Lama, then then you know go go somewhere where you feel touched, where you feel inspired, something which means uh, you know, where you also can have a felt sense of the presence of that person. So if you are not inspired by the Buddha, then so go to your go to your favorite saint or could be also a therapist or you know, any kind of person, male or female, Buddhist or non-Buddhist, who for you, who, who you have empowered to be a mentor for you. It's your choice with whom you are doing that. And then uh, the third uh, part is that I will reflect a bit on our on our intention. Yeah, so the intention: Why are you here? Why you are here tonight? Why why you are here this weekend? But why you are here in general? What is this about? This precious wild life for you. Okay, so let's starting let's start with adjusting your posture. So you bring your awareness to the way you sit. If you like you can close your eyes. If you sit very tight and rigid, then see if you can soften a bit. Possibly the chest is a bit open so that the shoulders can relax. Notice the position of your head.
Notice how the chair or the floor carries you. So there's a sense of shifting into the body, away from the head into the body. And check in, how's the inner weather? What is happening? How, 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 how do you feel? What do you bring with you into this moment? How is it to be here? this question I, I don't invite you to think about it but I invite you to feel into the body and if it's helpful for you you Slide with your awareness on the in-breaths into the body. Even down into your feet. And your hands, your belly. And think of your awareness combined with the breath as an embrace, as if you give yourself a hug. And then if you notice that you try to calm down or you try to push something away or get something with the out-breath, as best as you can, you release that grasping. So it is about being lovingly present, present as best as you can to what is, to who you are in this moment. To relax into the weather as it is. And of course, thoughts continue to arise. That's fine. 
but you might notice that they become less important, they go a bit into the background, you know, they become like the cars outside. So they have their own life, their own movements. You just don't emphasize them so much. Emphasize the sense of aliveness in your body. Even if what you find there is not that great. And if you find yourself entangled in the stream of thinking, you drop back into the trunk of your body. a few moments of being with yourself in a quiet, sweet way. your belly, it would be possible that you can soften a bit, how are your shoulders, and also the face particularly the chewing muscles and the forehead between the eyebrows, above the eyebrows. Can you soften? And then returning, if you get too caught up in the stream of thinking. In a, in a way, see if you can give up thinking. In, not in the sense that it will stop, but you, you give up. It's not going to get you anywhere. nothing you need to think about right now. Instead, notice aliveness.
in your belly and your hands, the flow of the in and out breath. Most important here is a sense of friendliness as best as you can. Relaxing towards a yes to what is. Nothing is excluded. Give up thinking. Our senses are open and don't disconnect from the people around you, make them part of your being here. And then even if there's movement or there's sounds and there's the weather of your inner life, it might be possible that you also have a glimpse of the stillness, the space. So even if you don't feel peaceful, peace is also happening. Surrounding you, pervading you. underlying the weather, surrounding the weather. There's a field of presence, a field of awareness. And it is from this openness that in the space in front of you, us, in the space of in, in the space in front of you, together as a group here, uh, we invite our mentors and they flock in from all directions like angels, beings of light. and they fill the space in front of you, but actually all around you. You don't need to have a clear mental image 
but have a sense how would it feel if the Dalai Lama, Jesus and Tara would step into this room. And they do it if we call upon them. How is it possible? It's possible because they are in your heart. That's where they come from. You see their loving eyes. You hear them speak. You hear them speak. You even smell them. And this is like the great eastern morning sun rising after a night of terror. And you are just bathing in the sun, warming with your whole body from the toes to the top of your head. If there's something unsolved in your heart, you hold it into this allowing space. Stay aware that we are doing this together. And also we can reach out to the thousands and thousands of people who are right now, like us, are in the presence of the Divine, in joy and in despair. In silent prayer you are never alone. Return to the body when you get entangled in something else and return to the loving gaze, the smile. Obviously you can't force anything, just allow these images to do their work. as if you're bathing in light and warmth and love. And every cell of your body opens like a flower. Particularly there where you are hard with yourself, judgmental.
Could you allow yourself to slide into a place where you feel safe? Shantideva, Dalai Lama, Lama Yeshe, Lama Sopa. Tara, Pema Shudran. then these mentors uh, dissolve into that warmth, into that light, and they, this light, this warmth enters your body, in your chest, in your heart, the heart chakra, the emotional heart. And you become aware of the Buddha within, the Tara within, the Goddess within. The Jesus within. And if you like, you can imagine or feel a Buddha within. The goddess within. In the core of your being, undestructible, uncorruptible, unpoisonable. The source of your heart warmness, the source of your wisdom. Where you are most deeply yourself, beyond the rules, beyond the gender, beyond the names, beyond your history. the light, the presence, the divine presence spreads from your heart into your whole body and it starts to pour out, radiate out to the pores of your skin. You feel that you are a source of light, that you emit a beautiful scent like roses. And that through your eyes, through your voice, through your hands, only love comes.
and remember the people around you, they do the same. Goddesses. Goddesses in a human shape. Maybe it's possible for you to shift the sense of I away from the miserable I to the goddess. Holding the miserable I in love. Be the light. You are the light. Be the warmth. You are the warmth. Remind yourself that the goddess is always there within. The Buddha is always there within. For a moment, don't, don't take the miserable eye serious. the end of this meditation I invite you to connect with a soft spot in your heart your longing your yearning to live a meaningful life to come out to individuate into what you are supposed to be, what you are, to share your gifts, to sing your song, to love, and to love more. And more. <laughs>
and knowing that you're going to die soon. What is important? Why are you here? Listen to your call. Then I want, want to conclude with the first from Shantideva, kind of the essence of the Bodhisattva vow. And I invite you to just feel into what I say. As long as space remains, as long as there are living, suffering beings, as long as there are my lost brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, children and lovers, as long I shall remain. in order to relieve their pain. As long as I shall remain in order to serve, to help, to contribute, to heal, to inspire, to make a difference. As long the space remains, as long as there are feelings, suffering beings, as long I shall remain. In order to serve. This is my sacred pledge, my vow, forever. So we will have a break around 8 o'clock, shortly before 8. So the chapter 9 of the 
Bodhisattva by Shantideva, the wisdom chapter, obviously about emptiness, realizing emptiness. So that's part of our exploration is what, what is meant with emptiness or voidness. So the, the philo- philosophical school Shantideva is, uh, is holding, called Prasangika Madhyamika, sometimes translated as the middle way school, has a, has a particular approach to the realization of emptiness. And this approach is using thinking, using analytical thinking, losing logical thinking. Obviously, they also have understood that emptiness is undescribable and not graspable by the conceptual mind, but they believe, and many Tibetan uh, practitioners would agree with that, they believe in order to have a direct experience, a direct realization of emptiness, you have to have thought through it. So you have to, so in this approach, and there's other approaches, but in this approach, you use logical, analytical thinking to go beyond thinking. So you, you go as far as it goes with your logical thinking, with your analytical mind, and then, then there's this crucial, crucial moment of letting it go. Yeah? But to get to that place, uh, they would say you need to have um, a, a, a correct understanding. So they would deny any kind of people who say, you know, I got liberated just, you know, because something else, you know, without any understanding. They would deny that that is possible. I'm not sure, but uh, that's what they say. And it makes sense. So, using logical analytical thinking will, in some of you, trigger resistance. Just, you know, as a warning. Bec- and, and I mean, it's understandable because, you know, we are so full in our heads already. So much information, so much stuff to read, so much to learn. We are kind of sick of it. Yeah? So, um, in many of us, it's more the, like the need of uh, kind of getting a break. And getting into feelings, getting into the breath, getting into into uh, into uh, what is called the present moment. Yeah. And of course, uh, I emphasize that a lot, usually in my teachings. Uh, so there will be a bit of, I guess, a bit of struggle. Another challenge is we are not used to decisive logical thinking. We don't trust it. 
Well, somehow, when we, when we follow a, a line of reasoning and we come to a conclusion, something in us says, yeah, but it could be completely different. Maybe there is something somewhere in the universe nobody has ever discovered or something like that. So we don't trust this, like, boom, 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 this is how it is. So, in order to appreciate this, uh, these discussions in Shantideva's text, uh, we have to rekindle a bit of the joy of the conceptual mind and the joy of coming to conclusion. So, in order to follow these discussions, of course, first we need to be able to hold three, four points, like the, the points of the reasoning, in, in our mind and follow them through and then boom yeah this is how it is yeah let's say I give you an example in order for something to exist there's two options either it is dependent or it is independent boom There is not like a secret solution somewhere we have not thought about. You know, in order for something to exist, it, it either depends on other things. That's one option. And the other option is it's independent. It kind of exists out of itself. It, it, it's independent, like a monad. I don't know if that's... It's a word from Leibniz. He, he described reality, a, a German philosopher, he, he described reality existing out of these little units which are in, you know, like atoms. So, so this would be like a, a like a, this is the kind of arguments we use. So, if in order to, for something to exist, it's either dependent or independent. And then you need to think about it a bit. Yeah? So... Yeah, and then you think about it, and then you say, yeah, that's true. Either if something exists, it depends on other things, or not. So, that's one thing. The third reasoning, uh, the third <coughs> thing here is, independent and dependent are mutually exclusive. There is not a thing like, ah, a little bit dependent, or a little bit independent, there's not a thing like this. It's mutually exclusive. Either it's dependent or it is independent. Boom. And then you need to think about it a bit. Yeah. But then you need to say, yeah, it's mutually exclusive. There is no other option. No thing can be both. Like... 10% independent, 90% in, uh, dependent, or something like that. Yeah. So this is the kind of thinking. So now you might think, you know, by listening to that, who cares? <laughs> yeah? so, so that's the other obstacle. Kind of you shrug it up. It's like, you know, it's like, who cares? I mean... No, we don't care, because we don't have that kind of 
passion to think things through and come to conclusion. So a lot of the things, you know, I'm going to say this weekend, you will think, who cares? I'm not interested in it. I don't want to think about it. Thinking is tiring. And I don't trust my thinking. And by the way, I'm so stupid, you know, like, uh, it's like, you know, this is complicated philosophy and it's too, it's too complicated for me. You know, this laziness which comes from uh, the sense of I'm not good enough, the laziness which comes from unworthiness. So that's another obstacle. No, not trusting your thinking, not caring, because you know, because maybe you actually have a different need right now. Maybe you shouldn't be here. I mean, this weekend, yeah, because what you actually need is just be left alone and you know, having some time of you know watching your breath or something like that. But if you are here, and of course I try to keep you here, uh, then it's good to, you know, play the game. And nothing, uh, you know, some of the reasonings, they are quite complex. But luckily I can't talk about them because I have not understood them myself. <laughs> so, so the, 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 but the reasonings I will share with you, you know, they are, you know, they are beginner's logic. It's, it's nothing, you know, we are all educated people, so more or less. Yeah, but so it's, it, 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 it can't be that. It can't be that you're too stupid. There might be also in, in you a, a bit of kind of, uh, no, one thing could be like, what has this to do with my life? You know, I want to learn about you know, how to handle anger. I don't want to think about independent, dependent and mutually exclusive. <laughs> that does not help me. So part of uh, uh, this chapter is also Shantideva making clear why we should be interested in it and why it has to do absolutely with our daily life. It has absolutely to do with our relationships, dependent, independent, mutually exclusive, absolutely. So it's like uh, part of the, the exploration this weekend is why should you care? So why is emptiness important? Some people will love this. No? Some people, there's still people around who appreciate thinking. You know, like logical thinking, following reasoning, trying to figure things out. They enjoy that. It's like, it's a joy for them. You know, and, and they hate any kind of usual, my usual wishy-washy. 
poetic thinking, uh, talking. Yeah? Just one poem after another. So th th they like th they like that kind of okay, yeah. This is something I can think through. This is something I can here I no. This is something I can rely upon myself, not on some poems or some other experience. I rely just on my thinking. Ah, so then another obstacle is um, this kind of thought. Uh, actually, emptiness, why kind of the mystical? It's useless to make words about it. It's it's useless to think about it. That would be a misunderstanding of uh, the teaching which also Chantideva uh, is uh, expressing, that emptiness is undescribable, ungraspable. Yeah, it is, but in order to get there, to the ungraspable, to the undescribable, one road is the analytical mind. And this is what we will take this weekend. So this weekend, no poems. <laughs> this weekend independent dependent mutually exclusive boom 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 <laughs> yeah. so obviously within the Tibetan tradition there's other approaches like the the direct path approaches, the pointing out instruction. So, but even there, most of the Dzogchen teachers, they would say, in order to have uh, a deep un a deep experience of Rigpa, it, you need to have a correct view of the Madhyamika Prasangika school, which is the school uh, Shantideva is holding. The middle way school. Because otherwise you will make Rigpa into something. So, tonight I will talk only about. Uh, about one first, and that's the first one. Um, so uh, I have some copies of the, the verses I choose, uh, but I will hand them out tomorrow. I also posted this in the Lamrim group. Uh, so I choose uh, some verses, so it's in, in the group, so you can download it and print it at home and bring it tomorrow. It's good to have the the, the text uh, in front of you. And the translation here is the one uh, from Practicing Wisdom. I, I, do, I actually don't know who is the translator, but Tutten Jimpa uh, went over it. So you know, I'm sure it's pretty uh, trust, trustworthy. 
Um, just a few words about why I choose certain verses. So there were different criteria. One was, if I did understand them, I just dropped them. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, so you can get the book uh, "Practice in Wisdom." There is another. It's called "Transcending Wisdom." You you, you gave a link uh, in the group, so uh, you can you can look look it up there. That's from Alan Wallace. It's an older it's an older book, also about the ninth chapter. Different kinds of teachings, but uh, so um, so you can read uh, you can read um, His Holiness commentary on the verses I drop. I just went through this and I don't remember what, even why I dropped verse number two, but uh, so, but, but today anyway I uh, we just uh, take verse number one. Uh, verse, a verse, right? First, verse, verse. Is there an English English native speaker here? No. Stanza. I say stanza. Yeah. Um, so the second criteria was verses which didn't impact me. Like, you know, when I read the commentary of His Holiness, this practicing wisdom, I kind of, I, I you know, I understood what he was talking about and what the what the stanzas are about. But it, it, with some, I had this reaction: Who cares? Why? Why? It, there was no impact, no emotional impact. And I can't just parrot something. No, I can't just sit here and say His Holiness says ba 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 ba, and it's like you know, and it, it doesn't do anything with me. So that was another reason for dropping. The third reason was there's repetition. So I dropped some of the, fir- uh, the st- some of the stanzas where where the you know, where the same topic returned, yeah. I don't, I don't think that I can cover even the ones I choose. Yeah. So there's like uh, in, in the chapter more than 160 stanzas. Or I, I don't think I will cover all of them. And I don't feel I don't feel any pressure to do so. I can uh, if I don't get through through the whole thing, then towards uh, on Sunday, I will kind of give you the rest in a, kind of in a nutshell. Okay, this is what the rest of the chapter is about. What I say about being emotionally impacted, I think this is very important for this weekend that uh, that you of course, we will uh, use our analytical mind, but be here also with your body. Be, be here experiential. And many of these stanzas have the potential to 
give some space, give some relief, give some hope. So it's good not to aim in this weekend for like a, the correct understanding, like that at the end of the weekend you think, yeah, so now I, I, I got it, yeah? Uh, which is easier than you think to get it. But, but, you know, so if we don't aim for it, but if we aim for how can the reflection on emptiness help me to take things like less serious? So, like, let, let's say you have a problem. If, if you wouldn't, then I don't think you would be here. So, so, so you have a problem. So instead of uh, you know aiming at understanding deeply and correctly how this problem exists and how it does not exist. Uh, play with uh, these uh, teachings, with these views, and see where can you feel a, a lightness, you know, some, you know, some, wow, yeah. Something like, wow, this is made up. It's, it's made up. It's unfindable. It's a story. It's a narrative. So then instead of you know, going into, yeah, but there is something, and what is there, and what is not, so, and we will go there in, in, in this, uh, into this discussion, but uh, just notice whenever there is a bit of, wow, yeah, I don't need to think myself, I don't need to take myself so serious. I don't need to take my problems so serious. I don't need to be right. It's 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 oh, it's a relief if you stop the if if the need to be right falls away. You can still have an opinion. Yeah? So I hope that. Something like this will ha will happen. So be here also with your problems, or whatever is you know bothering you, what is a burden for you, uh, and then the purpose of this emptiness teachings is to uh, to help us to be more flexible, be more creative, to relate. To the persons and the events in our life, in our life, in a more constructive way, and and to uh, and to release and free some of the unnecessary contractions and burdens we put upon ourselves. And then, if that happens, you no, know, without 
uh, going into the details, but when that happens, <coughs> then definitely it was worth to to uh, to think about these teachings. If it makes your life a bit lighter, less burdensome. Okay, so first, the first verse, and I really like this verse. I, I have mentioned it. Uh, I mention it quite often, or at least I mention my own personal translation of it. So, Shandideva starts the first chapter. All these branches of the doctrine, the powerful Lord expounded for the sake of wisdom. Therefore, they must generate this wisdom who wish to have an end of suffering. So all these branches of the doctrine is everything Shantideva has talked about before. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight chapters. Which is basically the Lamrim. So but all the, all these branches of the doctrine, so he is really talking about all the all the teachings of the Buddha. Yeah. So after no, now we have read this text for two years or something like that, not not comp maybe one and a half years, and so now we reach the ninth chapter, and Shanti Deva says, "Great that you did this, but you know, it's not going to help." <laughs> it's not the thing it, it was preparation it's all provisional you know, the things about patience and compassion and, and the whole stuff and he says why does the Buddha teach it He teaches for the sake of wisdom, for the sake of wisdom. So it's not a waste of time uh, to do this, but it's like it's building the foundation. It's building the foundation. Yeah. And, and now in the ninth chapter says, and, and this is why you built the foundation. And this is what it is about. So, the similar idea in the Heart Sutra. You know, that's why the Heart Sutra is called the Heart Sutra. Because in the Heart Sutra, the Buddha takes away everything. He takes all the nice toys away. All this kind of security we have when we come to the place where we think, oh yeah, karma, I have understood some Four Noble Truths, you know, Sixteens of this. And, and then he comes with a with a th th like the lightning bolt of the heart sutra, and he just destroys everything. So the powerful Lord is the Buddha. Yeah? So the, the powerful Lord expounded expounded for the sake of wisdom. Therefore, they must generate this wisdom who wish to have an end of suffering. And this is, of course, something we need to really understand. How, how 
if we are really want want to end suffering, even if we just talk about our own problems, how, why does Shantideva dare to say you must generate wisdom? And what is that wisdom? So here wisdom is the wisdom realizing emptiness. So and, and we need to understand that. Because otherwise we will shrug it off or we will say, who cares? I'm not interested in, in emptiness. I'm not interested in philosophy. So, so we need to come to a, an understanding here. And if that understanding arises in you, so understanding where your problems come from and understanding that emptiness is the solution, then, I mean, that's such an amazing shift in your life. Then you, then you know what, you're going, what you have to do with your life. Because you, un, you, you, st- you, you start to see, you can do you know, this provisional work, including psychotherapy for eons. It's not going to liberate you. It's necessary as the foundation, uh, but it's not going to liberate you. Nothing. So that, that also needs to be a kind of firmness in that. So not because the Buddha said, that's not good enough for us. For the Tibetans sometimes said, good, that's good enough. You know, the Dalai Lama says, for the sake of wisdom, and then, yeah, okay. But that that's, would not work for most of us. So we need to come to the, this understanding ourselves. And if you start to understand the teachings on emptiness, then you start to understand that liberation is possible. And imagine that. If you start to understand that liberation is possible. I mean liberation. Not like good days. No, not like opening your heart a little bit or something. No. Liberation. And not only since this is within the Mahayana tradition, not only for you, but for your whole universe. For everyone. So, so, and then you know. So then you start to set priorities in your life. Because you know, I mean, if you understand this, what the heck are you doing with computer games? (laughs) Unless it's a computer game about emptiness. Also, only through the understanding of emptiness, bodhicitta makes sense. I mean, to say you want to save all beings in this universe, that's stupid, without the teachings on emptiness. So this is like, it gives meaning, it gives purpose, it gives courage, this understanding. And you start to be compassionate about understand, wa- wanting to understand this and then continue to work on the foundation and then going into experience.
The Tibetans, they really like to say, oh, this is incredibly difficult. I don't know why they do that. I don't think it's helpful for us. This is not incredibly difficult. Everyone with some passion, some determination can, you know, can, ha can handle this and can come to a firm conclusion. No, this is not, you don't need to have a PhD to understand this, a PhD in philosophy or something. It's pretty obvious. And you don't need to get lost in the, in the, how do you call that, fly-fucking? <laughs> I don't know. You, you don't need to, you don't need to get into the, debate of the Geluk tradition for 50 years. That's not necessary. It's better to keep it simple. Like in this book, uh, Practicing Wisdom. You don't need to study the, uh, the whole, the whole Samkhya school in its, all its details for five years. No? His Holiness says what the Samkhya uh, uh, what the Samkhya have to say about uh, their teachings regarding emptiness in three, five, three to five sentences. Uh, so, now, all the branches of the doctrine, I want to say something about that. So I want to say something about building the foundation. For a few more minutes, then we have a break. So one, one puzzle here is shamatha, stable attention. Because in order to follow the reasonings, you need to have a certain capacity to stay with the reasoning. That's one reason for shamatha, stable attention, cultivation of stable attention. But then also, once you come to the conclusion, so, and the conclusion here is a non-finding of what you think is there. It's a non-finding. So, so, a non-finding, for example, a non-finding of a separate, solid, autonomous, singular I. So, a non-finding of that. So, you think your way, to the non-finding, for that you need some stable attention, otherwise your, your mind goes everywhere. But then, you need to have the capacity to stay in the non-finding. To, to, to so that it can make an impact on you. So that you can kind of soak it in. Otherwise, you kind of superficially, kind of half concentrated, you go through the reasoning, and then you come to the non-finding, and then your mind is somewhere else, dinner. So to, for, 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 the, uh, for the experience of emptiness, now the experience of emptiness, not the thinking, for the thinking you also need 
a certain stability. But for the experience of emptiness, one of the really, really important puzzles is stable attention. So that's the foundation. So it's a kind of different training. Yeah? So you train nine stages, you know, nine stages of shamatha. And you do it with a bodhicitta motivation and with the understanding that in order to have a realization of emptiness, you have to have a stable mind. So, and then you do that. So then bodhicitta, obviously. Yeah. So the, and, and that's, uh, so the, the first three chapters are about, you know, praising bodhicitta, how to generate bodhicitta, and how to maintain bodhicitta. That's the first three chapters of Shantideva's book. Actually, you know, one of the tantric vows, no, one of the bodhisattva vows, one of the bodhisattva vows is not your... your you are supposed you are supposed to not teach emptiness to people who are not ready yeah? because the emptiness teachings can be misunderstood and since we are moving within the mahayana tradition here there is something like premature realization of emptiness So if you don't have the foundation in place, bodhicitta, ethics, yeah, I would say about the, and some other stuff, then if a premature realization of emptiness happens, that's bad. There's possible, you know, possible, possible. There's different possibilities. One is you misunderstand this uh, kind of pith instruction, or this is this is all like a dream, which we will also work with during the day. So this is all all like a dream. So I can do whatever I want. I mean, if I harm someone, who there's nobody being harmed. Charles Manson is a good example for that. Listen to him. This guy has understood emptiness. But prematurely, he, he didn't have the foundation. He was not ready for that insight. But even from the, from the Mayana point of view, uh, uh, a Hinayana Ahat, no? uh, like a practitioner on the, on the Shravakayana, on the self-liberation, uh, having a direct realization of emptiness, it's not bad, but I mean, it's quite good, but it's useless. And it's also not, it's, it's from the Mayana point of view, provisional. No? So uh, an Ahat on the Shravakayana path, so an Ahat is someone who has realized emptiness directly, is gone. It's gone beyond. Goodbye. 
Self-liberation. The five aggregates, aggregates who are glued together through ignorance, they... And there's nothing. I, I'm a bit, bit puzzled how someone can be attracted to that, but uh, I'm, I'm in, in debate with uh, people who are on the Shravakayana. doesn't make really sense to me. But from the Mayana point of view, they would say, and that's why the, the profound emptiness teachings, they are, in, at the, they are, they come after the teachings on bodhicitta. In the Lamrim. So what you want to have in place before you go deeply into emptiness is bodhicitta. No? The, the intention to wake up for the benefit of all. The intention to serve. To, the intention to stay in the world. A shravakayana practitioner things, the best thing you can do for yourself and even for other people is to get out of here. They, they, they gave up on, on samsara. But that's not the bodhisattva. Question. But how can not bodhicitta arise if there is realization arising? Uh, now I talk about relative bodhicitta. Yeah. So, uh, so that's uh, so that's the, the the teachings on on relative bodhicitta. So they have to be in place. The intention, the strong intention. But, but excuse me, the, the Buddha he did also got out of no, get out. no, not from yeah. the not from the Ma- said, uh, not from the Mayana point of view. Last yeah, but not from the Mayana point of view. No, there's different uh, different views on the enlightenment oh. of the Buddha. So for for the Shravakayana, uh, the Buddha was a normal guy, just like everyone else, and he liberated himself. End of story. He's not around anymore. He can't help, and we also can't become Buddhas, more or less. We we can we can, huh? But that's what we say all the time. Yeah, but because you you mix up the Hinayana and the Mahayana. Do I? Yes. <laughs> so you you need to uh, so you need to distinguish the uh, the way the path is being described in the Hinayana and what the result is of the Hinayana, and you need to know the path of the Mahayana and what is the result of the Mahayana. And they are two different things. Um, so, bodhicitta. Yeah? So that when the insight in, into emptiness dawns upon us, not the idea does not even arise. Oh, this is all dreamlike. Who cares? It does not arise because bodhicitta is in place, compassion is in place, love is in place. 
and the the temptation the temptation for self liberation is not there anymore you're not interested because you love your mother so much i mean mother in a in a general way you love your mother so much you are not going to leave them behind so then and i will we have a break now i will talk about this after the break there are the there's different ways to talk about this i, I choose a short teaching which is called the four thoughts which turn away your mind from samsara the four thoughts which turn your mind away from samsara which is precious human life death karma and the the dissatisfactoriness of samsara so these are the four thoughts and those of you who are familiar with the lamrim you recognize these are the four themes within the first scope and the second scope 